Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. top teams and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Ryan. Denied by Smith who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game. My message today is we're trying to win. What time score? Leon Dreisaitl right circle. No risk, no game. And now we're going to have a goalie for action. This is NHL overtime. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Ultra Platform. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, band just kidding you're not a bc boy i am though it's just because you're not from here cody i guess it's fair you've been around the block though right saskatoon fort sask czech republic or sweden where'd you play a little bit overseas czech republic czech republic my goodness gracious this is oilers now it's the wednesday edition it's brought to you by digitex buy or lease your next office network printer from the digitex.ca e-commerce store alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office it and supplies we've got some breaking news right off the top of the show here according to elliot friedman the sanctions have come down on the arizona coyotes for improperly testing draft prospects ahead of, I guess, you know, what what typically would be allowed at the Combine. They didn't get the Combine this year because of COVID. So uh, anyway, second rounder this year, they will forfeit 
and a first rounder in 2021 being stripped of the Arizona Coyotes. That's according to Elliot Friedman. We're going to have a bit of a deeper discussion on that front at 135 with our NHL insider, John Shannon, today. Before that, though, we'll hear from our regular Wednesday contributors, Brian Lawton from the NHL Network and David Staples from the Cult of Hockey as well. You want to keep in touch with us? You can do so on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. River Cree back up and at it. Over 1,350 slot machines and multiple dining options, including the brand new Italia. The River Cree Resort Casino, excitement, bet on it. And 780-496-0063, your Ashley Fine Floors text line as well. Ashley Fine Floors, ready for your kids' pre-game warm-up. I am on Twitter, at Brendan Escott. The show is at Oilers now. Cody, what's your preference on your Twitter account for people to reach you? I'm on there at Janner31. Janner31. Okay. So, a couple games last night. Vancouver did pretty well everything that we sat here and preached that they needed to do. Heading into that game two against Vegas last night, it culminated in a 5-2 victory. How about the reinsertion of Tyler Toffoli into that lineup. And Katie Caldwell mentioned it yesterday. If this guy dresses, look for him to be an X-factor because of how the rest of the lineup shifts back into place when Toffoli dresses. That second line looked like a different beast last night, and it propelled the Canucks to a 5-2 victory. That was after, though, Tampa Bay, even their series with Boston, it took them overtime. That was a back-and-forth game, really right out of the gate, exciting stuff to watch, and Tampa evens that series with a 4-3 victory. Tonight, well, this afternoon, in fact, in about an hour's time, the Islanders and Flyers will battle it out in Game 2 of that series. Sherwood Park's Carter Hart expected to start for the Flyers in net. Simeon Varlamov will likely get the nod uh, for the Islanders. And let's take this opportunity to dip quickly into our Oilers Now audio vault that's brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Now, I bring this up because Isles head coach Barry Trotz says the team needs Varlamov to be at his best this afternoon against those Flyers. Trotz says that his goaltender's performance in net has really given that whole team a lift. Anytime that uh, you have your goaltender playing well it gives your team confidence and uh, I think we've played pretty well in front of him and, and he's made some really good stops at key times and that's usually the combination when you've got Barry Trotz behind the bench of a team you're playing well in front of him you're keeping shots away from dangerous areas the house uh, the the wheelhouse you know what the, the prime scoring location a lot of shots don't typically come from there um, with a Barry Trotz coach team so we talked yesterday Cody I mean, it's a different kind of shutout for Simeon Varlamov when he's making 18 saves and they're all coming from uh, sort of worse off positions but we know the offensive firepower of the Flyers if they can start getting this going they haven't really been um, you know the team that they once were since the restart which is interesting because they finished that round robin the number one seed but they didn't look great against Montreal it's almost like there there's a little bit of cement in the boots would you say that's a fair assessment I think the biggest difference is they're running into teams who they don't match up well against. In the round robin, they can play that high-flying style against Boston, Tampa Bay. You know, in the actual playoffs so far, they faced Montreal and the Islanders, who are two great defensive teams. They've both locked it down, and that's what the Flyers struggle with. 
So that is your one o'clock game. At 6 o'clock tonight, it was bumped back an hour, if I'm not mistaken, because of the overtime frame between Boston and Tampa, but they get the second half of the back-to-back. In all likelihood, we'll see the same goaltending matchup that we saw yesterday, and Cody, I'll ask you as a former goaltender, there's much, uh, much has been made about who might start the back-to-back, specifically for Boston. I mean, Vasilevsky in Tampa, you're probably good for a 26-year-old goaltender in his prime to start back-to-back. You're, you're a professional hockey player. Um, do you say the same for Yaro Halak, who's obviously, I think he's about eight or nine years the elder. What do you think? I, I don't think you can go with Vladar here. Like, that's, it's a little bit risky. It is a back-to-back. But as we've mentioned before, you've got that break with the NHL pause. So Halak's got to be pretty fresh out there. He didn't even eat up a ton of minutes early. I mean, Rask still did start those first couple of games. So you got to think his legs are fine. And the team in front of him, they did a really good job last night of distributing the minutes amongst that decor. Brandon Carlo was up there at about 25. I think Tory Krug had 27. But other than that, Big Z, Zdeno Chara, only about 17 minutes. So they should be good to go again. Uh, you you got to figure tonight on short rest. Six o'clock mountain time puck drop there, and that leads up to the nightcap. 8.30 puck drop for game three of Colorado versus Dallas. And Dallas has had a bit of an ace in the hole in the absence of Ben Bishop as we dip back here into our Oilers Now audio vault. Uh, Stars head coach Rick Bonus says that, uh, hang on, wait, 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 there we go, there we go. The team would not be in the playoffs, in fact, if it wasn't for Anton Hudobin. Bonus says that he's not surprised, though, by the performance of the veteran goaltender. We're not surprised. Uh, we've, we've grown to expect this stellar play from him from the moment we signed him. He's been consistent. Uh, we all know he's a tremendous competitor in that net. The guys love playing in front of him, and we know exactly what we're going to get every night he plays. He's on an expiring deal, too, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm starting to wonder, based on this performance, whether he's somebody that might require serious merit around this neck of the woods. They're going to be in the market for a goaltender, and I think that somebody around Hudobin's age might be a little more affordable, and yet still a bit of an upgrade in that department over Mike Smith, um, versus spending to get a guy like Matt Murray, who, you know, you're acquiring the fact that he's 26 years old as well, right? Yeah, like Hudobin played just down the road from juniors in Saskatoon, right? So he's no real stranger to the Western Canadian area. But if he has a good playoff run here, can the Oilers afford it? I mean, what's he going to be asking? He's taken over the starting job. I get it, Ben Bishop's injured. But I mean, this guy's taken over it and he's run with it. He's played good. He's, he's got him at, you know lead on Colorado. Without a doubt. I think the one thing that might save Ken Holland and the Oilers in that sense is the fact that because of the flat cap, the market's going to be really peculiar and there's a lot of goaltenders available. Like when I was looking at this situation back, say December, January, February, it's like, ah, oh, man, I mean, if you don't get Leonard, that's kind of the prize right now. I, I have a hard time seeing Markstrom leaving Vancouver, uh, especially after this playoff too. But somebody somewhere along the line is going to get boxed out based on salary demands or capabilities of whatever team they're trying to link up with. So that might present an interesting option for Ken Holland, and you can add another name to that list, in my opinion, based on how Anton Hudobin has performed. Now, we talked yesterday as well with Mark Spector about 
Dallas's depth players really having a lot of experience to bring to the table. Your Blake Comos, your Corey Perrys, uh, your Andrew Coglianos. And how about Joe Pavelski? Rick Bonus says his play has been a key to the team's success in this postseason. Veteran center with seven goals and nine points in 11 games since the NHL restart. He's on fire. And Bonus says that Pavelski has really fit right in well in his first season in Texas. Uh, Joe's strength is his ability to read off of, of all those situations that we're trying to create. So he, he's, he's, he's benefiting um, from the approach, but also, again, he's such a smart, creative offensive player. And also he's another guy that he, he takes his game to another level in the playoffs. And it seems to elevate those around him as well. I know this is kind of something that's talked about quite a bit, Cody, but his hand-eye coordination is just unbelievable to watch in all zones of the ice really he's he's something special so there's your story your look ahead for tonight again puck drop on that first game this is the only afternoon hockey that we've had in about a week and a half or a two-week stretch here so enjoy it if you're hanging out at home still again you'll get to watch sherwood parks carter hart in all likelihood in between the pipes as the flyers look to even up that series against the islanders bit of news today uh, out of the oilers camp it's been officially announced uh, that mike green has retired after 15 seasons saw the rumors last week uh the story officially really breaking today he did opt out of the nhl return cody and he said that that gave him even more time to soul search and when he was done soul searching he decided that this was a good time for him to to move on to the next phase of his life so the 34 year old 880 games 501 points between Washington, Detroit, and Edmonton. Twice a Norris finalist. I mean, he was a hell of a productive defenseman for a stretch there in the early 2010s. Yeah, that's a great career. If you look back at Mike Green's NHL career as a whole, hey, he did it all. I mean, you got to tip your hat to him, and he's going out as, you know, a really great defenseman. Absolutely. Uh, Shame we didn't get to see more of what he could have brought to this Oilers team. He had the MCL injury, and it was cut short. Uh, They couldn't have forecasted that. If you're wondering what the Oilers gave up, at the deadline to get Mike Green. It was Kyle Brodziak's contract and a fourth round draft pick this year. The conditions were not met to make that a 2021 third. Uh, so then that would have required the Oilers advancing to the conference final. So uh, 2020 fourth rounder in Detroit out of Edmonton system uh, for Mike Green, who only finished with a handful of games in Edmonton. Other big piece of news today. If you bought one of those 50-50 tickets for the Oilers Foundation, you are finally going to know if you were a $7 million richer person than you were when you woke up this morning. Four o'clock today, they're doing the draw at the OEG headquarters. We will, of course, have that announcement for you here on 630 Ched as well. 50-50 draw. It is half of $14.3 million. That was the total after they figured out all the refunds and all that stuff. $14.3 million. Somebody is going home with half of that. The number announced again at 4 o'clock today. Let's press pause here on Oilers Now. We'll get back into it with us. A preview of, uh, actually a recap, excuse me, of last night's game. Vancouver looked good. Excited to talk about that as well as Boston and Tampa. And we'll have NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Brendan and Escott, Cody Jansen this week on Oilers Now. Dexter says, after game one, Vegas thought that Ryan Reeves would win the series for them, and now they're one loss away from putting Marc-Andre Fleury in net. They should remember one thing, Vancouver has a goalie and a team that just beat the defending Stanley Cup champions. This Dexter must be a fan of the Canucks who 
maybe feels a little more comfortable this week expressing that in oil country. That's what we're trying to do here. They are the only remaining Canadian team in the playoffs. And as such, I believe that everybody should kind of be looking at them. And even if you're not willing to admit it, I don't want you to change your fandom. That's not what I'm about. But I have not taken a breath on planet Earth while we've had a Canadian team as the Stanley Cup champions. I am 25 turning 26 years old. That is insane. So right now, yeah, let's see how far the Canucks can go. They did a good job responding last night because it was an ugly game one, Cody. We'll get to that in a second. First, we'll throw it to you for NHL Today. That's brought to uh, everybody by Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromotionalMarketing.com. Let's talk about the Blues to start here. Doug Armstrong told the media this week that prior to Phase 3, 20% of his team had COVID-19. I thought that number really stood out to me. Um, Some good news. Montreal Canadiens head coach Colin Julian confirmed uh, that he's going to be behind the bench next season. He's feeling better. Julian did experience chest pain after game one of the Canadiens Flyers series and uh, he was rushed to a Toronto hospital. Scary incident there. Good to see that he's feeling better. And NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said playing in a hub city once the NHL resumes or uh, starts up for next season around December 1st that is an option but of course it's all tentative for now until we get an official start date yeah i think they're gonna have a lot to look at but they've got a good starting point right and if you missed yesterday's show it's now four consecutive weeks with no um the bubbles have been perfect both in edmonton and in toronto and if you're paying attention we'll have a a bit of a conversation with david staples about this edmonton as a city right now the cases are rising i think we might even be one of the highest uh, percentage cities in canada in, in the last couple of weeks as far as covid cases on the rise and yet the bubble's doing its job so i don't know how they could possibly be looking at anything else because what's the alternative right now cody the nb or pardon me the mlb model which on a weekly basis seems to have new teams postponing games and and covid issues all up and down lineups i mean they, they, how could they possibly do this without bubbles yeah baseball's been a dumpster fire to say the least i i i get it you want to travel you want to have that home field advantage in baseball's perspective or home rank advantage in hockey it's just not worth it at this point that it's not worth the safety the health of the players yeah i i completely agree and i imagine again uh, that's how they're going to approach things as well let's spend five minutes here talking about uh, just last night's action so it started off with tampa and boston again back and forth game tampa in the absence of ryan mcdonough on the back line ended up dressing actually two more defensemen so they went with 11 forwards they added uh, Braden coburn and uh, luke shen to that lineup both of those guys playing over 12 and a half minutes coburn was a plus uh, he looked you were singing his praises off air cody about how defensively solid Braden coburn is i mean he he went out there and and helped them do a job um Boston banged in an early one to start doing what they do. It was Nick Ritchie, Ritchie crashing to the net. Uh, Tampa thought they had responded to it. Point a little lackadaisical getting out of his own zone there. For one of their uh, for one of their main guys, I don't know that John Cooper is going to be super pleased with that. Bit of an anomaly of a play. And if this is 10 years ago and we don't have that replay, that goal doesn't get called back. But it was offside. 
you got to get out of the zone, and I get it. Whether you like the replay or not, that's offside. If you're offside, you're offside. It is pretty black and white there. So I, I get it. You might not like the whole game of inches or almost millimeters, it felt like, at mm-hmm. that point. But did they get it right? Yes. So then, uh, deadline acquisition. Zach Bogosian, coast to coast. He channels Bobby Orr somehow, some way. A diving pass to the diving recipient in Blake Coleman. They tie the game there. Boston takes a 2-1 lead. Beautiful Brad Marchand goal. And then Point makes up for it, okay? And this is where he really has his bread and butter, in my opinion. That wiggle in the offensive zone to shake defenders, change directions, work work the edges. And he fired a beautiful pass that uh, I think it was Shattenkirk who let the shot go and then somebody tipped it in front. Uh, Barkley Goudreau got his stick on that one, didn't he? Just a great play. You know, it shows the headiness, the headiness that was missing when he didn't get out of the damn defense or offensive zone going back for a change. Marchand, I mentioned this to you as well. The goal that tied the game, he had the puck within about three feet of the net, and Marchand knew he was losing his balance. And this is experience. This is hockey IQ. And this, in my opinion, is almost borrowing from a different sport. Marchand threw the puck back to the point so that they could keep possession in the dying minute of that hockey game. Rather than trying to jam it in or throw it out front or, you know, make some haphazard low percentage attempt at goal, he had the wherewithal to throw it back to the point. Just like a big man in the post would kick it back out outside the three-point line and reset the offense. And then, sure enough, Marchand got the puck back in basically the same position position and he ended up scoring and tying the game so I have to give a lot of praise on that front to the headiness of somebody who a lot of the time you wonder about the headiness just because of his you know the extracurricular crap that he always pulls but Great play. Uh, great play by Brad Marchand. Tampa also getting the depth scoring in overtime. Maroon getting in on that goal. It was Palat who had the winner. So there's a team in the absence of their top scorers. Uh, Kucherov, where are you, buddy? Stamkos is hurt. The power play is 2 for 20 in the playoffs right now. That is abysmal. That's that is, shocking. That is horrendous, right? So... If you're not getting scoring from guys like uh, Blake Coleman, for example, who was the first star with two goals, uh, you'd be in a lot worse trouble than you are. But we credited Tampa the other day with the ability to sort of, you know, put guys around that roster that help in different facets of the game, but can also score. That's what Edmonton's going to be looking to add, right? Riley Sheehan was great as a penalty killer, and he was their best face-off man through stretches of that season. What else does he do? Does he score in big playoff games? He had heavy boots. He had heavy boots in the playoffs. So finding multi-dimensional, uh, you know, players like that, it's it's a lot easier said than done, and particularly on a hamstrung cap budget. But those are the kinds of the players that evidently win you playoff games and that was on display with Tampa last night I know we said we'd talk Canucks I got excited about (laughs) Tampa and Boston Uh, we'll get back around to it Brian Lawton is coming up on the other side of a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell Brendan Escott Cody Jansen on Oilers Now Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad